Let's welcome Josh Hamilton as he brings the word. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. We are open to the Lord's move today. How are you guys doing? Man, no pressure, huh? <laughs> All this buildup, just like, well, I hope I don't stink. My goodness. <laughs> That's it. Well, when John had asked me to, to come up here and speak on, on something to preach to you guys, I was having a really hard time initially because God is doing so much in my life and in Daryl Lee's life and all this movement going on. It's like, what do I choose? I mean, I could stand up here for an hour and testify on all the little coincidences and divine appointments that God has been doing in my life and, you know, and in many of your lives too. So I think it's, uh, it's really powerful. But uh, what I wanted to do today is I have a message for you. And the goal is for us to recognize pride in our life and to choose humility. Hmm, it's a good one. <laughs> Let's pray. Have a good day. No, I'm just <laughs> but I, before I do that, I want to actually um, kind of talk about some of the cool stuff that God's doing and speaking uh, to me. It started out as an individual calling. But I believe it is actually a corporate calling now, too. What God is doing throughout the nation and in churches all over San Diego, even some of my East Coast friends, he's awakening his sleeping beauty. He's awakening his sleeping beauty. He's awakening and calling out his pioneers. Now, why the word pioneer is so powerful to me and speaks to me, because for years now, the Lord has been talking to me about being a pioneer. And, I mean, Daryl Lee and I moved from Connecticut all the way to San Diego because God called us to. Now, that sounds kind of cliche. God called us to San Diego. But it's, it's not. I promise you it's not because I had no job. It wasn't a career move. It was like, well, I guess this is what we were supposed to do. So we packed up all our stuff, came out here like Abraham, kind of like an Abraham. Go to a land I will show you. So we had no idea what God had up his sleeve. And now it, it's kind of coming up to fruition, and it's, it's cool to be a part of. So, um, Dutch Sheets, I don't know if you know who Dutch Sheets is. Yeah, he's a prophet, intercessor, teacher. He's got an app that I've downloaded on my phone, which you should too. It's called Give Him 15. And on July 29th, right after we got a prophetic word on the 25th from Kathy Mancini that we were pioneers in our covered wagon coming from, from Connecticut to San Diego with a big slab of bacon in the back of our, which is appropriate because we're Hamiltons. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that good? You know, <laughs> our, our Wi-Fi password is bacon is best. So, you know, bacon makes everything better. So hopefully that's appropriate for the Hamiltons. We make everything better. <laughs> but on July 29th, he actually had a word um, that was appropriate, and it confirmed what God is going to do in us and through us. Uh, I promise I'll get to my message, but I wanted to inspire you today. This is what he says. It was 11 years ago, July 4th weekend, 2010, our nation's birthday. 2010 is when we drove across the country to get here. I should have been in a celebratory mood. Instead, I found myself pensive and in deep thought. At times, tears flowed. Thankfully, 
None of this was caused by bad news. It was actually a song causing the strange frame of mind. Music has an incredible power to touch us in a deep level. And like the inaudible voice of God calling salmon back to the place of its birth, migration, the lyrics and powerful melody of this song were calling to something very deep within my DNA. I couldn't shake it. I didn't want to. The song was Pioneer, written by the incredible Nancy Honeytree and recorded again by my friend Rick Pino. Rick had sent me a pre-release of his recording stating that the song had an intense impact on him. I was its next victim. Pioneer speaks to the calling, challenges, often lonely life, and rewards of a spiritual pioneer. I'm going to read this as a poem, and I'm sure you can identify with it if you are one of those spiritual pioneers, right? Pioneer, pioneer, keep pressing onward beyond your fear. Only the Father goes before you to your own frontier. You're a pioneer. Uncharted wilderness stretches before you, and you thrive on going where no one has gone. Still it gets lonely when darkness deepens, so sing by the fire until the dawn. You travel light, you travel alone. When you arrive, nobody knows, but the Father in heaven, he's glad you can go. For those who come after you will need the road. What you have done, others will do, bigger and better, faster than you. But you can't look back. You've got to keep pressing through. There's a wilderness pathway calling you. Calling you, calling you clear, pressing onward. You can't stay here. Only the Father goes before you to your own frontier. You're a pioneer. It speaks to what's going on right now. We have an opportunity as saints to carve a new path, right? In this nation and in our region and in our families. We can't do the same things expecting different results. We have to charge a new path. It's that the image that I get is when Peter was in the boat and he comes back from all night of fishing and hasn't caught a thing. He was a professional fisherman and he didn't catch a thing. Then Jesus shows up on the shore and says, hey, go back out, cast your nets on the other side for a catch. And Peter's like, bro, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a professional. But at your word, I'll do it. And so he did. Sometimes obedience is reluctant, but you do it anyway, right? Because God said so. So he does, and he ended up filling up two boats to the point of sinking. So... The goal today, I hope that inspires you, the goal today is to recognize pride because we can't take that with us into this next season as a pioneer. Absolutely not. Recognize pride in our lives and choose humility. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We ask that you pour out your spirit on all flesh this morning. Soften our hearts. Lord, we we yield to the leading of your Holy Spirit today. Let the word drop into our soul so that we can produce fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 All right. If you have your Bibles or if you have a screen, let's open up to James chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Here we go. You ready? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come 
from your desires that battle within you. You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You don't have because you don't ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, ouch, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? Say this, but he gives more grace. That's right. This is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The title of my sermon today is Grace to the Humble. Proud or pride, in the context of this scripture, what does it mean? This isn't the, this is, this is the bad pride. This isn't the good pride. The, you know, the good pride where I'm proud of the good job I've done. I have a genuine gratitude for, for my, you know, how amazing my kids are or something, whatever context it is. This is the bad pride. The Greek word for this pride in this scripture is huperephanos, meaning appearing above others. Conspicuous, that is figuratively haughty, arrogantly superior and disdainful, proud. Haughty means blatantly and disdainfully proud, having or showing an attitude of superiority and contempt for people or things perceived to be inferior. Sounds like somebody I want to hang out with. <laughs> God resists the proud. That word resist has a meaning of to set oneself against, to oppose oneself to. It comes from two Greek words, against and to arrange. Resist is also a military term. Those of you that are in the military, resistance, resist. Carrying the idea to arrange in battle against. So in essence, this kind of pride, God sets himself in battle dress against proud people. So, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Do you want to go to battle with God, against God? <laughs> Do you want God as your enemy? I think the good answer is no, you don't want God as your enemy. Pride is the foundation of sin from which all sin flows. So let's look at scripture with that. We have Genesis 3 in the garden, Adam and Eve. They saw that the fruit was good for, for eating and obtaining wisdom, right? That's what it says. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was sitting there nice and quiet. Pride was Satan's downfall. In Isaiah 14, it talks about this. In Revelation, you can see it too, but Isaiah 14 13, verse 13 through 16, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. Those who see you will stare at you and ponder over you. Is this the man who made the earth tremble and shook the kingdoms? 
Aren't we seeing that in this day and age right now? Everything that can be shaken is being shaken, right? I mean, you look at the news, you look at social media platforms, you look at our education system, you look all around you, you're going to see what in the world is going on. So it's undeniable that all other grounds are sinking sands. Sinking sands, but Christ is the solid rock on which we stand. Now, I believe there's a lot of chaos, but this is just dividing the darkness from the light, folks. Right? So, this is the season for you to get your heart right, get pride out of the way, and choose humility. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So how can we recognize pride? Some of this is going to be seem a little speculative on my part, but you know, I've been walking with the Lord a while, you've been walking with the Lord a while, and but this is uh, in the word when you read and also your experience, you'll see pride do these things. How can we recognize it? Pride is and does, it destroys and or blocks connection. It pollutes your spiritual progress, stunts your growth, and presses pause on your breakthrough. It makes you an enemy of God. It insists on being right, full of yourself, (laughs) egotistical, and it kills love and unity. It's my experience. When you're around an arrogant person who thinks so high of themselves, it's like, oof. Man, that's like, that's just like a bad odor. (laughs) I've witnessed this, um, you know, I've been married for, my gosh, since when I was 20. I'm 35 now. And as a husband, you have to swallow your pride quite a bit. (laughs) Like, well, I mean, when, when you're having an argument with your spouse, and you're both feeling like you're right and you both stand your ground, are you going to get anywhere? Like really productive doing that? I don't think so. So we want to choose what? Humility. Humility. Someone at your work gets promoted that you feel doesn't deserve it, or you work harder than they do, or they get noticed. You're like, what the heck's going on with this guy? You know, he's so arrogant and pompous, and he's just like, da, 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 you know. Everybody bows to him. Where where do we put our heart in that place? What position and posture do we put our hearts in? Humility. Let's get a little more real here because we're on pretty achy ground here with the vaccinations, non-vaccinations, masks, non-masks, fighting over that kind of stuff. Are you not standing in pride or are you standing in humility? When you're attacking verbally, you know, these types of things, or this political party, that political party believes this. The news has done a fantastic job at pitting us against each other. Fantastic. Even in the church. Even in the church. I mean, we've had people leave here because of what I'd call pride. Sorry if you're watching. I'm, not, I'm, I'm calling it like it is. 
Jesus' main prayer was that we would be one as he and the Father were one. So why are we letting these things divide us when we should be taking the posture of Jesus who being in very nature God humbled himself to be a servant. Even further than that, dying on a cross, a criminal's death, an innocent man. (laughs) Are you blocking God's grace and favor in your life because of pride? Are you hindering God's move in your life because you're letting your pride get in the way. I'm going to beat pride to death right now, folks. I'm sorry. (laughs) And I hope right now that maybe it's coming up in you. And you're like, "Mm, I'm starting to recognize some things in my life and where I'm being prideful. Cool. That's great, you know. That's shining a flashlight on your flaws. That's shining a flashlight on your shortcomings. So now we have an opportunity. Matthew 5. Let's read Matthew 5, verse 23 through 25. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, I'm switching gears here. If you are offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. So what does that mean? Well, are you holding on to an offense, unforgiveness, or bitterness towards someone whom you feel hasn't earned or deserved it? I'm telling you, the only person that you're hurting is yourself in that instance. Because pride is a prison. I've experienced that. When I'm prideful, I get nowhere with God. I get nowhere in relationships with people. I'm actually putting up walls relationally. Okay, I think we've beaten that dead horse (laughs) with pride. You guys still with me? Good? All right? Awesome. I don't want to lose you. (laughs) Grace to the humble. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. One of the most attractive attributes to God is when a person is humble. What does humility do? Why is that the most, one of the most attractive traits to the Lord? Humility creates space for divine intervention, connection, His timing, His grace, and His favor. Humility realigns your heart to what God is saying and doing. Humility communicates trust. Humility really is trust. Humility communicates love. Humility love. What is 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not proud or rude or boastful. It doesn't prefer its own way. Pretty cool how those are similar, huh? How can we recognize humility? 
Humility is and looks like not thinking less of yourself, like you're a doormat and a, you know, a martyr or something, but it's thinking of yourself less. Being teachable, coachable, being available for reasoning and not stubborn, demonstrating godliness, obedience, love, trust, genuine connections relationally, It accelerates your spiritual growth, promotes and expedites um, the God-ordained breakthrough on your life, and it makes you a friend of God. You know, as I was, as I was putting this together, together, and my experience as a uh, field care manager at my previous job, you know, I had a position over 33, 35 technicians, I believe. And one of the most effective ways that I was able to coach guys was creating an invitation and, you know, an open doors kind of thing. Like they would come in. I've had uh, people come into my office and just spill their life out, you know. And I had the opportunity to pray and, you know, lead them to the Lord and stuff at the workplace. And I believe that it had everything to do with building bridges, and, and being available and not using my position as something top-down, like you do what I say, not as I do, and because I'm the manager and you're just the technician. I don't like leading like that. I don't know if you do or if you've been in a, in a workplace to where you've, where you've been underneath that type of leadership before, but I have found that humility builds bridges and pride destroys them. Humility doesn't come easy. We have a sinful nature to contend with, right? We have a propensity to, to go in that direction. As Romans 7 says, uh, it says, I don't understand the things I do. The good I want to do, I can't carry it out. But the evil I don't want to do, I keep on doing. So it's just that war within. Say, but he gives us more grace. Say that. But he gives us more grace. Here's the hardest part for us to do. So now what do we do knowing that, okay, pride, we can't have that. We've got to have humility. Here's our hard part here. Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. First Peter 5, 5 says, Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, clothe yourselves with humidity, uh, humility. Humidity, that's great. <laughs> kind of feels like it, huh? <laughs> Toward one another, because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Say, humble yourselves. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift, exalt, in the King James Version, exalt you in due time, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for your soul. So when you are faced with an opportunity to be prideful or humble, choose to be humble. Because doing so places the anticipated outcome into God's hands so that he will lift you up in due time. 
It places, humility places your trust in God's hands for your anticipated outcome. You no longer are taking control over that, right? You are, you are now surrendering. Humility is surrendering. Humility is placing your trust in the right thing. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. God created you in His image. He's predestined you to be adopted as His sons and daughters. So, placing our trust in Him, we know it's going to be good. It's going to be way better than if we had tried to control it with our pride and make things happen with our pride. Amen? Amen. When I was... uh, I actually was scared to step into full-time ministry because it's a big burden. It's a big call. I've been walking with the Lord my whole life. I grew up in youth group uh, in Massachusetts, and uh, 13 years old is when I committed my life to the Lord and started going to youth group on Friday nights and, you know... I've had prophetic words and confirmations that I was going to be a pastor and a worship leader and all that kind of stuff. But still, there was this, this thing of like, well, what if, what if I'm not good at what I'm called to do? <laughs> you know? It's like you're throwing all your eggs in one basket. And there's their fear of failure. There's that fear of not making enough, having enough, doing enough, you know? Because I really cared about what people thought about me. I was a musician. I was in a band. And so I was always just like, ah, I love the glory. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved, I loved how God positioned me all throughout my life uh, in the presence of fathers, you know, in the presence of people that would encourage and build up and start to establish things in my life. But still was that, that, that fear, that holding on to, I've got to have a full-time job and I'll do this ministry thing on the side. I'm kind of giving you my testimony here. I had to humble myself to God's orchestration of how he was moving pieces in my life, people in my life, and being obedient. I had to be obedient to come to California. I didn't want to. It took me a year to actually get the courage to trust God to drive all the way across the country with maybe, you know, I don't know, a few thousand dollars to our name. Moved to UTC, no job, found a job in three weeks. God provided that. But I had to trust that every moment that he spoke to me through prophets, through fathers, through people, that this is what I was called to do. It was his grace and favor on my life. And so, going back to the beginning um, before, you know, about the pioneer thing. Let's talk about that for a moment. I was a little scared to, to step into ministry. But I found that after covid I was tired of seeing the church get, getting beat up. People getting sick all the time. Like, it seems like 
He cared more about the theology more than the demonstration of the Spirit's power, right? Like knowledge puffs up. But the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a matter of demonstration of power. I want that. I want that. I want that for this house. God put a burden on my heart when several families left the church. Because I'm like, we need to be a thousand strong, you know? Not be divided over just minimal issues, preferences, mind you, just preferences. What do we need to get back to? Well, our first love, that's right. Our first love. So, coming into this season of full-time ministry, I'm humbling myself because it's hard to kick against the goads, as the scripture says. It's hard to go against what God is trying to do in your life. You may be sensing, you may be seeing God's fingerprints in your life, and you're like, nah, 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 nah that's not God, no, that's not God. But maybe it is. And maybe you're just going around in circles only to come back to the same point Pride will make you go around in circles, getting nowhere. You think you're accomplishing stuff and and progressing, but you're actually going nowhere, Jack. Humility realigns you with what God is saying and doing. It gets you on His page. It gets you on God's page, as my email says. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing what God does in us and through us as Gathering Place Church. I'm really looking forward to seeing the miracles take place in your life as we are letting go of pride and choosing humility. You guys still with me? Cool. Psalm 18.27 says, You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. Psalm 25.9, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them His way. So what does God do for those who humble themselves? He gives grace. He gives favor. He saves. He guides. He exalts and lifts up. So that that word exalt or lift up, this isn't a matter of just like, oh, we're going to praise you because you're all high and mighty as as a person. No. You want God to exalt you. You want God to lift you up in due time. Humility gets you there. It's to hold someone or something in very high regard. Think or speak very highly of. Raise to a higher rank or a position of greater power. Make noble in character. Dignify. This reminds me as I talk about pride and as as I was putting this sermon together, it reminds me of what the disciples did in Matthew when they were arguing and kind of having a dispute over who was the greatest in the kingdom. I mean, think about it. The Old Testament had all these prophetic words and all these things that were pointing to their Messiah that would set them free. And the Messiah is here now, revealed himself to them, and he chooses these 12 guys. They had to feel pretty bad to the bone. Hey, the Son of God, the Messiah chose me feeling pretty good right now. So they're all probably arguing as, as boys often do. They get competitive. 
You know, I mean, I've got bigger biceps than you. I've got this, all kind of stuff. You know what? Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Who, who do you think is the greatest? Is it Peter? Is it James? Is it John? Is it, well, and then they go, hey, Master, Matthew 18, verse 1 through 4. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put in the midst of them. He said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever, here's this phrase again, humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who wants more grace in their life? Grace is a very big and awesome thing. And I wanted to teach on it a little bit today, but this, I mean, this whole topic of pride, humility, and grace could be a series. And I'm looking forward to teaching again on this. It's going to be fun. Who wants more favor in their life? Favor just expedites. We have favor with our friends here at the Lexus Center. We have favor. I've experienced favor in my job. Things that I couldn't, I couldn't do in and of myself, just things happening for me. And it's like, wow, God has really gone before me. Humility is the key to getting there. More favor and grace in your life to accomplish what God has called you to do. But it starts with repentance. Turning from our sin and prideful ways, giving our hearts to God in surrender to His will. I'm going to read Philippians 2, verses 3 through 11. If you have your Bibles, please turn there or just kind of look at the prompt, the teleprompter. Hmm. I'm going to start with verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the spirits, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being, what's that word? One in spirit and in purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look not uh, should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. And he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God, what? Exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
I'm just so thankful to be here with you guys today. I'm thankful that you're watching online. If you're, if you're, you're tuning in, if you're here for the first time, thanks for being brave and spending time with us. We hope that you find this uh, to be your home, your church home. I want to pray with you, but I also want to. I want to go into a time of of worship too. Um, a little more contemplative, but we have an opportunity here to recognize pride. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit whom God has put in us to search us. Search our hearts. Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So we're going to go ahead and pray, but I wanted to call up the prayer teams um, after that. And if you want to kind of take this a little bit deeper, we want to pray with you. This is an extension. I I am intentionally leaving this as like homework for us. Because we're going to recognize pride throughout the week and have opportunities to choose humility. We're going to recognize this in our life. But just know the benefits of humility is fruitful. It's fruitful. Humility builds bridges. It creates connection. It lines you up with what God is saying and doing. Pride will do just the opposite of that. It'll burn those bridges. It'll block up God's move. Let's pray. Father God, we want to walk in the light as you are in the light. We want to be like Christ in all we say and do. Help us to have the same attitude as Christ did. As it says in Philippians 2, that you, Lord Jesus, were in very nature God but you you didn't consider it something to be grasped. You actually humbled yourself. You became a servant. There's so much in our hearts, in in our world right now, Lord God. There's so much pride everywhere. And I know you see it, and you're working on people with that. Work on us. You know, one thing that I've found is that it always starts with me. Humility starts with me. We're not going to wait for the other person. We're not going to wait for this political party or that political party or those, of, those people that disagree with our preference of what we feel is right. It starts with you. Jesus talks about this. He says that, <laughs> why do you... Point out the speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own. First, take out the log from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye, your wife, your husband, your friend, your boss, your sibling. It starts with you. 
Holy Spirit, sweep across this room right now. Sweep into our living rooms. For those of you that are at home, I know that the word has gone forth today and it shall accomplish that for which it's sent. It's supposed to convict you. It's supposed to shine the flashlight on these things in our area. But we as the church, we can't expect to be the light of the world and be just as prideful as the world. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You get in the Bible. You start being obedient to what Jesus is saying. Lord, have mercy on us for the times that we have been prideful and give us the strength to choose humility. We pray for more of your grace and favor on our lives so that we, your church, can be the light in the darkness, the city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. Amen. Everyone, thank you so much. Amen. Can we thank Josh for bringing this word to us today? Awesome, dude. Awesome. Um, So I'm going to just take a moment here. I want you to just close your eyes. What a, a critical message for every human being that's breathing. Just close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit right now, where do I have pride mm. in my life? Mm-hmm. Now just see what he says to you. him this. I'm sure he something came up, a picture, uh, a word, just an understanding that this is where I have pride. Mm-hmm. Ask him now, what do you want me to do? How many of you, just go ahead and look at me, how, do, how many of you feel like the Lord revealed a place of pride in your life? Just raise your hand. Okay. All right. Yeah. Appreciate your honesty. Yeah, absolutely. We all have pride. So it's just giving him permission to shine a light on it. It's a good illustration. How many of you felt like the Lord uh, gave you direction on what to do about that? Just raise your hand. Okay, great. Did you smell the burnt flesh? Did you smell that when he said, this is what I want you to do? And it like, it's like you'd rather eat a bowl of rocks than do what he told you to do. Exactly. That's the pride. That's the ego. So she'll be asking you for forgiveness later, Hal, so you can thank me for, you're like, thank God we came to church today. (laughs) This is the last thing I want to say because there's so much great content in his message, but I got a revelation over here. I've never seen this before. You know how you can read the same scripture a million times, but the Holy Spirit will like, hey, look at this. I was That's like, right. I've never seen that. That's right. When you were talking about the log and the speck, that really, that was anointed. That struck me. And I heard my daughter say something like, oh, right next to me. At the exact <laughs> same time, I thought, that was, that was the word from the Lord right there. Yeah. Um, why do you point out 
the speck in your brother's eye, right? Then he says, remove the log in your own eye, which, by the way, isn't all your sin that's bigger. It's pride. That's what he's talking about. Judgment. Pointing out. He, he moves from um, pointing out the sin in your brother's eye to removing the speck. You see that? Did you catch that? That's the revelation I just got over here. That's great. When you're in the wrong posture where we're judging one another because we think that we are so much better and smarter and you point out other people's sins when you're in that posture of pride. But when you move from pride to humility, your motivation completely changes to helping remove the speck. Did you guys catch that? And that's good, okay. isn't it? Okay. <laughs> I got that revelation as you were preaching. You move from pointing out people's faults to helping remove them because you're in a humble posture, not a prideful posture. Okay, so now you got to do whatever he showed you because then you're going to experience more freedom. And the, the drawbridge that's up with all the good, God's goods behind the drawbridge when you show humility, the drawbridge comes down and all this favor starts flooding toward yeah. you. And we want floods of favor. Yeah. Amen. So let's all stand and let's let uh, these, these, these gals lead us in that song. Uh, what, what's it say? My heart is, what is it? My heart is an open space for you to come and have your way. Oh, open. come on. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. Let's sing this together. Come on, lead I us also through. just want to say one thing. I feel like I'm a word of knowledge yesterday hmm. that someone here needs their foot healed and someone here needs their um, with your foot so um let's have people if that's you okay well, we yeah, got cast go. over here so that's pretty obvious yeah <laughs> I okay. feel like God wants to heal your foot. So, so, so as uh, Bella and Ava are singing this, uh, if you need healing, come on up, and we're gonna lay hands on you and pray for you for healing. But my mm-hmm. heart is an open space for you to come. i 
just fill this house with worship. I know we're a little over time, but let's capitalize on this. Some of you are getting free right now. There's freedom happening inside of you. There's deliverance. Somebody here has been hurt very deeply. I I want you to hear this. Somebody here has been hurt very deeply. And you have refused to let go of the hurt. That makes you a victim. That makes you victimized. And you'll be beat up until you let that go. Will you you let it go for your own freedom's sake? Do you want to breathe deeply again? Do you want to experience joy again? Your joy has been robbed because you are holding like your throat, your hands around the person's throat, that anger. Pride is keeping you in a prison. And this, as she sings this chorus one more time, I'm going to encourage you, let that offense go. Let it go. Just forgive them. And watch the freedom you experience. Let's sing this again, Bells. serving that up. Thank you so much, Josh. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, I would love to pray with you. You can come up here online. Just turn your heart over to the Lord. Just tell Him, I am making you my Savior today. I'm asking you into my life. You simply crack the door. He'll come rushing in. You're going to experience His peace, which is the sign that He has just entered your heart. And if you do that, let us know online, all right? Well, God bless you, family. For those of you they're going to go through evangelism training, which is 401, learning how to have a gospel conversation, how to lead somebody to Christ, how to share the gospel with a friend. It's so simple. It's so easy. And uh, Stephanie has trained hundreds of people all over the world how to do this. And she's going to be here in the third and fifth classroom. If you go down that hallway, right by the men's bathroom, there's a boardroom in there. And, uh, and lunch is provided as well, right? Yeah. So, hey, you get a free lunch, if nothing else. So praise God. All right, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday.